calling to let you know that Carolyn is a, a candidate for a cochlear implant. It's Wednesday, December 12th. I'm Andrea Schwabi, and this is my beautiful cyborg, Caroline. Hello. Hello. I'm not looking at you because I'm at the computer. Can you can tell me why? <laughs> yes, I can tell you why. Why? Well, I'm kind of excited because we're going to listen to Dr. Liu's walkthrough at our surgical consultation. Your surgical year. consultation. <laughs> yeah, well, we you were, were there. You were there. Right? Yeah, I mean, I was there to listen. Actually. I was just about to say, yeah. you were there to hear everything important. Yeah. <laughs> it was important so, enough that we recorded it, actually. Exactly. Yeah. And now I get to listen to it for the first time. Of course, you all have already heard it because... Uh, or we, new listeners haven't. Oh, you're right. Too. Don't assume. Okay, sorry Never about that. Might be new people. Well, some people might have already heard it <laughs> yeah. because we played it actually on... Uh, this day last year. Yeah, we used that as same I audio was as the episode in, last year. Like when, on the operating yeah, table. Yeah, I actually recorded the audio and then I had some audio of us driving as well uh, to the hospital. And then, um, the, so I, I, I was at the hospital. Actually, I think I was sitting, it was after you took off. It was after you went down the hall to go to the operating room. Uh, you went with Wanda, the operating administrative nurse right and that's when i actually filed the story and, that's what and i'm saying like, like, edited the audio and everything yeah it was you were actually laying on the slab that, there when anyone that was following actually yeah. listened while i was in surgery yeah was, i didn't think uh, about that well actually. if they listened right away but anyway uh so it's kind of cool for me because i haven't actually heard this yet and so um i'm quite interested to hear what dr lou has to say about what he did to my head. <laughs> okay, well, let's like without further ado, let's listen to the start. So when when we're when we're going along here, when you if you have something to add, just say okay, stop, and then we'll stop and and you could sort of talk about whatever you're thinking about that. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Well, I've been doing cochlear implant for twelve years now, and uh, during that time, probably just under six hundred implants. This well, fifty a year. Stop. 600 is a lot. There's, there are 600 people in Alberta and Saskatchewan who have Dr. Liu's work in their head. Well, 650 now because he said 50 a year. <laughs> it's been a year. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah exactly. So 650. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of people who can hear now. Yeah. Do we know anybody else who had him as, their, as a surgeon? I don't know. We do not yet. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Only one a week, basically. Yeah, on average, about one a week. In terms of, of like, how many people are in the room for this kind of surgery? Uh, so there used to be um, a surgeon, a resident, and uh, uh, anesthetist to put the patient asleep, and then uh, there'd be the nursing staff. So usually there are two or three nursing staff. So about a half dozen people. Okay, stop. Did he say half a dozen people? Yeah. That's quite a few. Do you remember that? I remember meeting three. <laughs> I don't think I was counting at that point. But um, I will tell you that, um, if I may indulge myself yeah, here no. just for a minute, it was really cool to see Dr. Liu in the operating room. It 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 gave me a sense of uh, 
actually a sense of confidence and a little bit of peace because I had met him before. It's somebody I know, a familiar face. It's it's a a feeling where you're feeling extremely vul- vulnerable, and and you feel, um, you know, it's a it's a nervous time. So it was it was very very comforting to see Dr. Liu. And now, also, what was his demeanor like? I was I was just about to say also. He looked, he looked jacked up. Like he looked like he was ready to go. And that gave me further confidence. I was like, okay, just put me to sleep and, and I'm ready for this. Uh, so that, that was, so I, I don't think I remember the five other people. Sorry. You do remember the one, uh, Saudi nurse. I do. You're right. I apologize. She came and talked to me, um, right before we went in and, uh, we were, you know, you get so weird about the stupidest things. We were talking about the shaving of the hair. And she goes, oh, don't worry, I'll I'll make you look good or something like that. <laughs> really, it's the last thing you should be worried about. However, somehow that's just on your mind. I don't know. For some reason, that's on your brain. So It's the next thing that's going to happen to you. So that's, you know, when you're laying there, that's the next thing. Right. And so. she... That was also a very vulnerable moment because, first of all, my glasses come off. So now I'm sort of <laughs> half blind. Right. Uh, you know, my prescription is minus six, so it's not great. I'm very, very nearsighted. And and then they take both my hearing aids. So now I'm, I mean, I'm really out of my element, obviously. It's, yeah. You're in a hospital. The only time you're, you're like that is in the tub or in bed. That's and really not even the in the tub like half that. the time because yeah. I keep we my contacts in contact sometimes. In, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, she was very cool and very reassuring. And I can't speak highly enough about that team. So go ahead. And for how long does the surgery take? Uh, the surgery, I mean, depending on the patient's anatomy, anywhere from about one and a half hours to uh, just over two hours. Just describe sort of in really general terms the procedure, incision, then what? Okay, so first of all, the patient's put to sleep under general anesthetic, um, and then a tube was put in for them to breathe during the operation, and then uh, we prep the surgical site, we shave a little hair behind the ear, and then we make a, uh, we, um, uh, a post-auricular incision that uh, runs from behind the ear up into the hairline a little bit, and then we uh, expose the uh, bone behind the ear, which is called the mastoid. Stop. Okay. So that kind of explains the divot I have behind my ear. <laughs> A little bit, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> also, you know, I'm so I'm still so impressed with um, what beautiful work they did stitching me back up, and and just the, I mean, it was so well done. You can barely tell there was ever an incision there. You can we could barely find it. What three days later? It was hard to find the stitches because they were internal and some were sort of. Um... Uh, transparent or something like it was just very very sort of tidy and clean and nothing uh, mm. it was I mean a surgeon that we know saw it and went wow beautiful work that's right so that's you know there's a sign that yeah. something went well um, what do you what, what how did you feel about your hair oh I don't know why I was so caught up about the whole hairdo thing. I know I'm not the only one because uh, a few other recipients and I have uh, talked about that and we're like, yeah, we're just we're just concerned about the shaving of the hair. And my hair's plenty short. It, it made 
very little difference. I changed my style for a short time and that was it. But yeah, it was, there was no reason to be concerned about it. It's not the main event. Go ahead. And then uh, we open the mastoid bone, which is usually just a series of air cells that we open with a drill. And uh, that allows us to get exposure to the, uh, to the middle ear space. And then from there, we uh, find the opening to the cochlea, which is called the round window. Okay. And then, um, and then we make a little bed in the bone to uh, insert the implant into. And then we make a little, um, uh, little trough in the bone to bring the electrode into the mastoid cavity and then into the middle ear space. And then we'll make a little opening into the cochlea, usually through the round window, and then we'll insert the electrode. And then we'll close the incision. Stop. So... It's the trough I can feel behind my ear. I always wondered what that divot was. And we kind of just talked about that the other day and figured it out. I was, remember when I asked you just yeah. the other day? Yeah, well, <laughs> Say, come I mean, here and feel this. It's sort of a divot. It's like a little cone, but there's a trough, like a channel specifically for the electrode. And they actually leave sort of a little piece of bone that sort of holds it in place. There's a really sort of series of funky surgical techniques they they do it's uh, to make it all work yeah it's it's the wildest thing but i find it fascinating i can actually follow that what he calls a trough all the way up to the the implant site like you can actually i can actually feel that whole thing right now. well and that's exactly what he says next so listen let's listen to what he all says all right next. let's so when you when you uncover the mastoid how does that work like you so you i mean you uncover the bone but what how does it work with the drills and getting to the inner ear well, the, like I said, the, the outside of the mastoid is solid bone, right? We call that the cortex. But the inside of the mastoid is like a, it's like a honeycomb, right? It's a series of air cells. Okay. So we just follow those air cells inwards until uh, we encounter what the largest of the air cells, which, which is called the antrum of the mastoid. And then once we have that exposure, then uh, we find the big nerve inside the bone called the facial nerve. And then just adjacent to that nerve, there's a little space called the facial recess, which uh, we then open with a drill that allows us to connect the mastoid to the middle ear space. And then behind that is where we're going to find the round window and the opening to the cochlea. Stop. So now we know uh, that he couldn't actually use the round window in my case. And he had to do a cochleostomy. Oh, good for you. You worked on, You thought about that hard, didn't you? <laughs> Yeah, it uh, sounds too much like a colostomy yeah, to me. Yeah, it's, it's a weird, yeah. So a cochleostomy, I'll get my nerd on. A cochleostomy is a procedure where um, the round window is really just like a little membrane. It's a little hole that's got a membrane on it, and it allows pressure uh, for the fluid inside the inner ear to move back and forth so you can hear sound. Um, normally, they would poke the electrode through the round window. In your case, the angle of the curvature of the curl of your cochlea and the location of the round window just wasn't convenient. And so it meant that the electrode wouldn't be placed properly. So what they do is they literally drill a hole into the cochlea near the round window at, that gives them better or perfect placement of the electrode. And that would explain some of the weird internal pains that was happening yeah. <laughs> post-surgery. Yeah, it's a whole other procedure. There's, it's a, there's extra steps because they actually have to wash the area, then they drill, then they drain, vacuum, right. solvent wash. Like there's all Which sorts of steps. Which is probably why, you know, it wasn't till five hours later that I uh, came back to you. It's, it's probably an extra, I would think it would be, a, you know, 
an extra hour at least. Right. I mean, just I, as a thing. It was definitely longer than one or two hours that I was on the table, wasn't it? I don't know. Like yeah, once I you disappear, you just you, I'm just guessing. I mean, yeah, they could have done it in five minutes and then just gone for coffee and they're just pulling the wool over everyone's <laughs> eyes. I call that a day's work. <laughs> all right, go okay, ahead. Right. Okay. Okay. This all sounds really small. Uh, it is. Yeah. Really small. Yep, absolutely. Well, we have a microscope, you know, so the microscope uh, allows us to magnify the field of view anywhere from, anywhere from ten to twenty times its normal size. What are common risks for this kind of surgery? So the common risks are uh, very small risk from the anesthetic itself. Okay, um, there's a small risk of bleeding either during the surgery or after the surgery, but uh, major bleeding in cochlear implant surgery is extremely rare. Uh, there's a risk of infection from the surgery itself. There's a risk of infection developing later on, but uh, again, that's quite uncommon. Um, but uh, we ask everybody to get vaccinations for meningitis just to prevent that as a catastrophic infection that somebody might get after these operations. Um, and then the other nerves or the other risks have to have to do with the sort of nerve function, such as your balance. Okay, so sometimes people feel a little bit off balance or Stop. dizzy after the surgery. So everything I've seen and everything I've read, everybody says they're they have balance problems after the surgery, and not always. Very frequently, it's quite common. Well, I think normal. right. Well, you were a little unsteady after surgery too. I mean, I think that's pretty normal. Yeah, but for a date. Maybe, was it? It was, it was a, yeah, you had like a week of not being super steady. Oh, it felt like a day. Remember, it was five days before you left the house. You're, you're a little wobbly. I think, I think it was longer before I left the house. Well, but it might have been. But I, no, yeah, you were, you were wobbly and, and not, I mean, think about it. The cochlea includes the semicircular canals, which are for balance, and they're hammering away on these things with drills and stuff. Like, if, if you were awake for the surgery, it would have been the loudest thing you've ever heard. It would be literally deafening. I can't even... Like, that's, that's sort of what's happening. And so, you know, there's no really familiar context to put it in. It's just all very strange. Right. I'm just glad we did it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's sort of, you know, the main thing. Ready to keep going? Sure. Major vertigo is quite uncommon, but sometimes people can have some balance issues. Sometimes people experience some tinnitus or noise or ringing in the ear after surgery. Okay, uh, usually that's temporary, and by the time the implant gets turned on, that usually uh, usually resolves. And then there's uh, there's two other nerves inside the ear. One is the big nerve, like I mentioned, called the facial nerve, the big nerve that moves your face on that side. Uh, if that nerve were to say damaged by the drill during the surgery, you can have a facial weakness or like a Bell's palsy. After after surgery, extremely, extremely unlikely and uncommon in this kind of operation, but, uh, but there's a small risk of that. And then there's a smaller nerve called the quarter tympani nerve, which gives some taste to your tongue on that side, okay? And uh, sometimes when we do these operations, to, in order to get access, we have to um, basically drill uh, around that nerve. And sometimes people can actually get a little bit of numbness in their tongue or a little bit of a funny taste in their mouth afterwards, almost like they're tasting tin or metal afterwards. Um, usually if you have that, it's just temporary and goes away uh, after a few weeks. What are some of the, because uh, you're talking about physiological challenges, what are the things that might present and 
in surgery that sort of are, I mean, you've already seen a CAT scan, so you have a mm -hmm. good sense of where she's at. Yeah. So that's the first step is we want to know what the anatomy looks like and whether you have a normal uh, temporal bone, a normal uh, air cells in the mastoid, which is going to allow us to get access fairly easily. If you have a small mastoid or, uh, or the bone's not very well aerated, sometimes that presents a significant challenge. Um, but most of those cases are, are more in children than they are in adults, you know. So most adults who haven't had a lot of ear infections or or are um, uh, otherwise um, uh, have no other syndromes or abnormalities like that uh, have usually have pretty normal uh, mastoid formation. Okay, so we we basically are going to show up on a given day that's going to be scheduled for surgery. How do you prepare for surgery? Mostly looking at the CAT scan and just making sure that we're familiar with the with your anatomy in that area, and then otherwise, you know, as long as your anatomy is pretty normal, the surgery is generally fairly routine. You know, and having done a lot of these, we're pretty we're pretty um, um, used to what the steps to to do this operation. And we usually don't have too too many surprises during the operation. What's your favorite part of doing this kind of surgery? I think probably seeing how people respond afterwards and seeing their uh, their you know, their change in their life from 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 getting a cochlear implant because it is a life changing uh, life changing event for sure. For sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Understatement. I I I really wish I could. Um, well, I probably could just tell Dr. Lou exactly how much our life has changed. In fact, we can't even say how much our life has well, changed. Well, we're still figuring it out. We really I think, are. Like, it feels like we're barely scratching the surface. I hate that idea because so much has already changed. <laughs> and the, the, the sense I have is that it's not really slowing down. Like there's still lots to learn and adapt to and change. And there's other experiences that, uh, I mean, oh, God. I would crazy. say the the... The most striking difference for me, not in terms of my behavior or your response to me, but for me personally, is that I feel like my my very brain is waking up because now I have sound. But we know that's what happens. We know that's how it works. It's not something I really, really latched onto and really believed. I guess I thought I was kind of stupid. And I'm telling you, it feels very, very, very different. I can tell I'm more cognitively engaged now. You say things like cognitively engaged <laughs> <laughs> instead of yes, I hear. No, I yeah, I agree. I mean, the 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 astonishing thing is how much. Uh, now, part of it is you rehabbed so quickly that we were confronted with all the change at once. Everybody else sort of gets to, their hearing progresses and it gets better slowly. And yours was great and got amazing and we didn't have time to adapt. So it's been a different set of challenges. But a year later, you, so you were worried. You said shortly before surgery, you were worried Caroline, hearing Caroline might be a bitch. Yeah. Caroline, you, you're not a bitch. So that's good. <laughs> that's the good news. Oh, thank that's God. That's the good news. <laughs> Who are you a year later? Well, I'm I'm exactly the same Caroline, and I I would like to say I'm just I'm just more. I'm the same Caroline, but more.